Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Backmarkers F1 Show. Thanks for joining us again for another edition of the podcast. Chris Cato here on another Zoom edition. This is episode number 99 of our podcast series. Joining me today, the other half of my team for the third week in a row, Mr. Tyler McDonald. Tyler, how are you doing today? Pretty good yourself, Chris. Uh, nice day today. It's almost the end of the season, which is sad. Very sad, yeah. But uh, you know, end of the season is always a great time to reflect a little bit and kind of celebrate uh, the season that we've had, the the crazy one that we've had. Um, but yeah, doing good after this race. It was it was really great, really exciting. Um, and I just wanted to also mention, being our 99th episode, our very next podcast will be our 100th episode on our channel, which is very special to us. A, a pretty big milestone, I guess, considering we've been doing this now for around three years. Um, we're going to wait till Shaker's uh, uh, back from his work assignment, and then we'll get together all in our regular studio and do a nice little kind of Q&A fan show. It's not really going to be about F1 in particular. It could be about anything. So if you have any questions that you want to submit to us that you want to, us to answer, it could be about us. It could be about Formula One or anything, any other sports maybe. Uh, drop it in the comments down below in this video. We're also going to put out a tweet on our social media channels as well so you can send it through us there. But uh, yeah, we're just kind of going to do a fun little episode to wrap up the year and celebrate uh, our uh, little milestone of 100 episodes. So that should be uh, a pretty fun time. But for today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Sakir Grand Prix, Bahrain's outer layout circuit that we thought was going to give us a really entertaining weekend, and it definitely did. So I don't even know really where to start. I think there's two main themes to this episode, which is going to obviously be Sergio Perez's big victory and then also George Russell's stand-in performance. But let me turn the floor over to you, Tyler. Maybe just some general opening thoughts on the race, and then we can kind of get a little bit more into the specifics. Well, after watching the F2 feature race, uh, I was hoping that we we're going to get a race kind of like that. Very exciting. Uh, a lot of drama going on, some good overtakes. And we got that. We got a lot of amazing overtakes, uh, uh, action throughout the whole race. And it was kind of interesting that they, with it being such a short circuit, um, you know, how close everyone kind of stayed together throughout the whole race, minus the Mercedes uh, for the, you know, 60 odd laps they were one two for a long time so it was a everything i was hoping for it to be and uh hopefully they end up going back and using that editor layout maybe we'll talk about that later but uh i thought it was a very successful race yeah same with me i thought that it was actually very exciting and it went by pretty quickly uh even though it was 87 laps so you kind of think wow that's a long time but it's a sub one minute lap but everything was kind of going at a pretty rapid pace even i watched the the race again yesterday and I mean, you know, within an hour, you were already almost done the race. So maybe minus the safety cars, it would have been a little bit quicker. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought that uh, it was nice seeing and qualifying the field so close together. You know, I think it was only about a, a second, uh, 1.2 seconds maybe separating the whole field, which is not something that we see often. So I like seeing that a lot. And in qualifying, everybody was really well behaved. We didn't see any major crashes like we saw, obviously, with uh, Mick Schumacher and I believe who was uh, collided Roy with Roy Nassani. Nassani. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I was I was thinking we would see something like that, but luckily we didn't. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a success. I thought it was uh, brilliantly done as a uh, you know the second race at the same circuit. So so yeah, that was great. Um, now maybe we'll start just at the beginning of the race and one of the obviously the main incidents that kind of really flipped the race on its head and then eventually defined the the later result of the race which was the Leclerc Verstappen and Perez incident. Now at, at the time I know the commentators were all thinking that it was Sergio Perez's fault as he yeah. kind of closed the door on Charles Leclerc but I think it was very clear to see after in the replays that Leclerc was too aggressive 
locked up the front right and then just careered right into Sergio Perez. Max had nowhere to go and then got into the gravel and went out in the race. But who would have thought really after that, that Sergio Perez down in 18th last place on opening lap and then goes up to wins the race. But that, that kind of incident really just set the tone really for the rest of the race. Yeah. And, and almost if that didn't happen, he wouldn't have been on the same on, on the strategy for him to climb up the grid a little bit more. I mean, he was on fresh rubber, uh, medium tires, and then, um, well, had already had a pit stop where others needed to pit. So, um, it put him back at first, but it ended up kind of working out in his favor in the end a little bit, but yeah, it, it, Charles Leclerc was hundred percent his fault. I believe he took the blame for it. Um, and I know he apologized to Sergio Perez after the race, um, and congratulated him. Um, but, uh, also apologized for that lockup and yeah, it was just a little too aggressive for Charles. Um, you have to think Sergio can't see him at that point. He's going to be turning in Max backed out of it to try and avoid it and still got it in the crash. And I, when I was first watching it, I thought, well, why is he just driven into the tire barriers? Why hasn't he turned to like, but I didn't realize he was in the gravel there, uh, to, to start and the gravel kind of blends in with the pavement. It's a little tricky for drivers to see, let alone, you know, us fans. So, uh, too bad for Max. Cause I think he really could have been on for a race win, but it, in the end, uh, very happy to see Sergio Perez win. And it's pretty funny how Max was the most conservative one out of everybody yeah. on lap one. You know what I mean? It's like, he's like, man, I, I where am I supposed to go? I don't know <laughs> what a difference like two years makes, but yeah, kind of, cause he kind backed of, out of it to avoid all the, the, all the collisions and, and still got messed up. Oh yeah. Backed out of it real early. And I think we're kind of seeing Leclerc go through what Verstappen went through in 2017 and early 2018, just those kind of young, young mistakes being a little bit too aggressive in the opening. But I just I kind of found out funny to see it that way. But uh, yeah. And then after that, everything just just played out perfectly in the end. But Perez always had good pace, even on the Friday long run. So I, I was really happy to see him not get out in that lap one. But it would have been interesting to see Verstappen too, what he could have been able to do because his long run pace also looked really good on Friday. Yeah, it did look really good Friday. I know Red Bull are very hopeful on uh, on at least getting a podium, but um, having a, a top two finish and splitting the Mercedes at least. Uh, but you know, no, it just didn't work out their way, uh, unfortunately, for Red Bull and worked out for a lot of other people's ways because now, when I mean, you take a look at the constructor standings, it's shaking that right up and it's going to be really interesting going into uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just because you mentioned it, I'm going to pull up the constructor standing here because we are heading into the final race, like you mentioned. And wow, what a shift it was. I mean, just think back seven days ago to Otmar Safenauer on the pit wall with his head in his hands and Sergio Perez's engine on fire. McLaren finishing fourth and fifth. Lance Stroll upside down. Lance Stroll upside down, (laughs) exactly. Racing point, not having enough parts. They had to fly in parts on a private jet uh, Mm -hmm. into Secure because of obviously the, the incidents and that. But as we now look at the constructor standings, it has shifted towards racing points favor. Not that, I mean, it it obviously a lot considering how much they were down from last week, but still, uh, it it is a very close gap between them. Only 10 points separating racing point and McLaren heading to the final race of the year. Yeah, it's not a lot of points. Uh, It can easily be making up or be made up by uh, McLaren and and Abu Dhabi. Even Renault still has an outside chance at it. They would need a lot of things to happen. Um, but, uh, racing point and McLaren really look like they're, they're up for grabs for that third place. So it'll be interesting to see what exactly is going to happen. I mean, if, if McLaren outperform racing point, can they outperform by 10 points? I mean, 
it's going to be real interesting to see. That's going to be the most entertaining part of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, in my opinion, is going to be watching that midfield battle between Racing Point and McLaren. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And all three teams are really in good form, actually. Even Renault, obviously, with the podium that they had this weekend. But McLaren as well are, are doing well. So, yeah, and, and like you see in the tweet, they're 44 points still up for grabs in Abu Dhabi, which is a ton. It's a ton of points. And we saw with the double DNF from Racing Point last weekend just how much things can shift. So, yeah, all to play for in Abu Dhabi. So those are the latest standings. Now, getting back into lap one, we can go to the very start of the field or the very the very front of the field. And which was the big story was George Russell. Obviously, we're going to get to him in a little bit later. But it was how is Russell going to start the race? He's obviously started second. Um, maybe let's just touch quickly on his qualifying. A couple thousandths of a second off of Valtteri Bottas. You know, pretty good for your first outing in the Mercedes, I think. <laughs> Yeah, very impressive. I mean, Mr. Saturday, they call him, although he uh, lost his undefeated record on Saturdays. Um, I mean, not his fault, really. It's uh, first time qualifying in a Mercedes, and you're only two thousands, or sorry, two hundreds um, behind uh, your, your teammate who's been in that car for four years now. Uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But he was kind of really worried about the start procedure because he hasn't had the best starts even in the Williams this season. Um, but I mean, we're going to take a look at his start right here. He obviously had a very commanding start and it really kind of set the tone for his race for the first kind of two thirds of the race. But he absolutely aced it brilliantly. And we've seen Bottas struggle a lot this year on starts. Yeah, we have. It hasn't been his strong suit this year. I don't know if he just can't find the, the right clutch bite points or what, but See, George steams up the inside and really takes it from Valter. I thought Valter is going to be a little more aggressive on the outside there uh, and break a little deeper. And then he got a real tank slapper on and just ate it at that point. George had a, what do you have, a three-second lead after two laps or something like that? He just took off. Yeah, absolutely. He was way off into the distance, and there we see another front right lock up there from from Valtteri. And he probably would have been even a bigger gap uh, had the safety car not come out after that. But yeah, I thought that that was just an amazing start by George Russell. And interesting, too, that turn one was the one of the biggest corners that he was losing about a tenth of a second on, um, you know, in free practice and qualifying as well. And then he he aced it pretty well there. So let's talk a little bit now about uh, about George Russell. And, you know, obviously, I put the video out just a couple of days ago about sort of what this meant for for the car versus driver debate. And, uh, you know, thanks to everybody for, for commenting on that. There's a lot of good comments and there's some pretty wild comments as well. <laughs> but, uh, maybe we won't touch on those. Uh, but check the video out if you haven't seen it before. I, I think it's uh, it's an interesting one that, that that's gotten people talking for sure just because of how well Russell did. But uh, what are your overall thoughts of, of his first weekend at Mercedes? I don't think you could ask for anything more from George um, other than, well, it would have been a race win, but you know what? It's their own fault that he didn't get the race win. Um, I think it was as good as he could, as he could be uh, in that seat. Um, uh, honestly, it, the only thing keeping it from perfect was two hundredths of a second and that's getting pole position. Um, but phenomenal by George. He really managed the race well, um, did everything he was told to do um, and, and fought back at the end to at least get his first points in F1. Uh, I mean, a small consolation, I guess. Um, I, I thought he did phenomenal and really makes some, somewhere of a, of a point that he's going to be the driver of the future for Mercedes. Oh yeah, absolutely and definitely. And I know, you know, some people are kind of already calling for for him to get the seat uh, over Valtteri, which 
you know, there's a big drama going on on Twitter right now. I don't know if anybody has followed it, but Valtteri took Mercedes out of his Instagram profile and then George Russell took Williams out of his Instagram profile. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of wild rumors flowing around. I think they just honestly did it on purpose just so that we could talk about it and that there's all this drama. Uh, I don't think Mercedes are going to make any change between before 2022, but, you know, you know, it's interesting to think about it at the very least. Uh, I want to defend Valtteri a little bit because um, he didn't have the greatest race. No, um, a lot of people were, were kind of banging on him for his finishing position. That, that's, again, Mercedes' fault for putting him on those crap old hard tires that he was just going to get obliterated on. And I saw a lot of people say Valtteri should have capitalized on the, the, uh, the missed opportunity for George or whatever. But the mistake affected both of them. Valter didn't have any new tires to put on because they were on George's car. Uh, so really, it, it doesn't really you know, work like that. You can't have tires out of nowhere. So um, do I think Valter could have done better this weekend? Yes, absolutely. I think his race pace wasn't as great as it could have been. Um, but do I think that this should be calling for his seat? No, no not personally. I think uh, it was a missed opportunity, but it wasn't uh, disastrous on Valtteri's part. And a lot of it had to do with the awful mistakes coming from Mercedes and their pit crew management, whatever communication uh, happened there with the tire situation. Yeah, he got screwed even more because that pit stop was, what, 27 seconds? I mean, that was just... And they know, just put the same tires back on. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, a disaster. You know, it's almost like Mercedes doesn't know what to do unless Lewis Hamilton is there, right? But, you know, you have to ask yourself. I mean, in Germany, obviously, it happened, that pit stop. But, you know, they should be really embarrassed with, with how they performed. And they have to step up. Like, just because Lewis isn't there doesn't mean that everybody can just take a vacation or a day off and and not have the same level of execution. So, yeah, I think that it's too easy maybe to quick to pull the trigger on that. And, and I think I touched upon that in that video too, that it is just one weekend. And we haven't seen George Russell, obviously, in a whole weekend, even though it was an impressive weekend for him as a debut driver in that team. Um, but Valtteri is still a great driver. He, he's a very solid number two. I think maybe what this weekend proved was that maybe George Russell could step in that seat and do the same as Valtteri. You know, who knows? Um but yeah, I just, I just think his luck this year has been pretty awful. And in the last four years, really, he's had some some pretty bad luck. I think this really puts it in perspective, though, that uh, Lewis Hamilton is untouchable. Um, he is the best driver in the world. If you put George Russell in that car, uh, Lewis Hamilton would still beat him by the same amount he would beat Valtteri, right? So um, yeah, I think that that puts in that a little perspective there as well, that uh, there's no... No, Lewis Hamilton isn't uh, isn't just a regular driver. He's uh, one of the best ever to race. I think George called him the the, the best ever. He was he's like he's my best ever. So uh, fair enough. That's his opinion, and mm-hmm. we'll get into that debate because he could go on forever. Yeah, you know, I think we've touched on it before. Um, yeah. You know, maybe, and and I said that in in the video as well. I think only a handful of drivers could possibly replicate what Lewis did. I, you know, throw Verstappen in as one of those drivers. Maybe um, Sergio. <laughs> yeah, maybe Sergio. <laughs> oh, he is driving a Mercedes, right? So that's true. <laughs> yeah, but it's an interesting debate, and we need uh, the cars in, in the field to get closer so that we can finally have that answer. Um, but yeah, it's it's no way sort of putting down Hamilton's achievements. You can't just put anybody in that car and expect the same six world championships that Hamilton has delivered. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily work like that. So um, interesting nonetheless. But uh, there was one video here that I want to show anybody that I came across, which was very interesting. We obviously knew George Russell and his 
I don't know if, if struggle is maybe the right word, but his learning curve of having to learn, obviously, all the new Mercedes protocols and just the steering wheel itself. Uh, he all throughout the race weekend and even then the race itself was still asking Bono for a lot of guidance in terms of which buttons and, and what to press. So this was just an interesting sort of uh, video annotating all the wheel adjustments that he made during the first safety car period. And it's pretty insane. I mean, even if you are a regular driver at your regular team, this video is still insane. But to see it happen uh, for George, who is obviously new to the team and new to the steering wheel, um, it's even crazier. So let's just maybe take a look at this. I think it's around two minutes or so. Right, please advise what I need to do in the safety car. Warm it. Brakes, etc. So just keep the delta positive. And we will have HPP default 3535. HPP what, sorry? HPP default. HPP default 3535. So you can see on the left him going through all the toggles. So just a little bit of bass here and there. And just keep on top of the brakes. Remember, not yeah. much pressure. You saw DAS active right there. So just the DAS on straights rather than in corners. Yeah, so front brakes are relatively warm, so don't overdo it. If you need it, you can uh, cancel the magic and go strap one uh, if you want to get rear brake temps into a window. Not the whole front action. They even have magic buttons. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Not too sure what to do. I'll just follow your lead, mate. Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, no sweat. Okay, so let's uh, cancel the magic, go strap one, and we'll just a bit of braking will uh, just open the windows as well. Just make sure both ends are in a decent window. And just remember to maintain 10 car lengths to the maximum to the safety car. Yeah, so that was uh, just a couple of laps there behind the safety car. Um, it must have been pretty weird for Bono having to sort of you know go through all sort of the first day of school type of teachings there when he, obviously Lewis has led so many laps behind the safety car that there's probably none of that coaching really going on. But with George, it was like you heard him at the end. Just look, man, I'm just going to follow your lead. Tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just simpler that way, but pretty crazy. I mean, I don't think I could go through all those buttons and stuff like that driving, you know, uh, 100 kilometers an hour, let alone. Yeah, I guess they were under safety car then, but still, uh, they're doing that stuff during a, a race as well. Uh, it, it pretty crazy stuff, and to hop in the car and learn all that is, is I'm sure, pretty overwhelming for, for George Russell to have to learn a whole new steering wheel. I know they try to make some adjustments to make it a little similar to the Williams wheel that he's used to, but uh, in the end, it, it's completely different. And You can tell even the DAS and whatever brake warming magic that they were using, they were using there, I mean... There's other stuff we don't know of, so um, pretty crazy. Yeah, and you saw there, well, you know, one of the best ways to, to get heat in the tires is just by activating the brakes like that. So you saw him speed up a lot and then hit the brakes. But like you said, there's a lot of those 
break migration and break bias buttons to to go through that. And you saw when you were switching the HPP default, you know, you have to go into the first menu and then the sub menu. So you go into the 30 and then you click all the way up to the five. So it's, yeah, it, it's so crazy that they're able to do that, um, you know, under speeds and under that stress, even, even at full racing speed. So I thought Russell's uh, weekend was very, very impressive, even though the results didn't go his way. Um, you know, it's a very, it sucks to be uh, in that position, but I think he proved his point anyway. Uh, regardless of the fact he didn't come away with the win or or the podium, but I, I maybe put this question out to the to the viewers out there, but I still haven't found the exact moment where he got the puncture, and I was paying attention to the lap times yesterday while I was watching it again, and I didn't see the lap times dropping off significantly when the radio message came over about the slow puncture. So I'm just wondering if maybe he could have kept on going. Um, I know I've seen it tons and tons of times in IndyCar when they get sort of that report of a slow puncture coming in, the driver says, I don't feel anything, but the team says, oh, it's in the data. So I'm just wondering, could he have kept going maybe? I mean, I think there was less than 10 laps uh, at that point. Yeah, maybe he could have, but uh, you have to also think it could be a, a driver safety thing where they don't want it to blow mid-corner and have a, a horrific accident. We had one last week. Uh, you know, I could see how they don't want to see uh, two horrific accidents in two weeks. So, I mean, that could be another possibility where, you know, it could have maybe lasted the end of the race, but you, know, you go over the curbs a little too hard or too much, uh, uh, too much G force in, in the tires uh, that blows it at high speeds. It could be dangerous for George. So not only dangerous for the driver, but a lot of money too to fix uh, for those teams. So I, I think that's something that we have to keep in mind as well, but it's too bad. I mean, I don't know where he picked up that puncture. I don't know how it happened because there wasn't much debris on the track unless he ran over something from, from Jack Aiken's car um, that no one else ran over over the like three, four, five previous laps. Um, so yeah, it sucks for George. I and mean, that's an awful coincidence to have. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's funny that it was his own car that resulted in, <laughs> I guess, eventually the, the first uh, issues on the virtual safety car pit stop and then the puncture as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh, crazy. It's the exact same car he's driving and it screwed him right up. Ironic. Yeah, funny world it is. But uh, yeah, it's a shame to see it. But yeah, good weekend for him anyways. And we'll see. We'll find out maybe in a couple of days time whether he'll get another shot in the Mercedes or if he has to go back to the Williams. But let us know what you thought of George Russell's drive at the Secure Grand Prix. And um, what do you think the, the future will hold? What will Mercedes do? in the coming years uh, with George Russell in the Mercedes. I know there's some crazy rumors already flooring around that uh, Red Bull are trying to poach George Russell possibly, which that's, that's, um, that's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> that will not happen. I can, I'll put my name on it. That will never happen because Mercedes will, Mercedes, if they're going to try to that, Mercedes will put him in the Mercedes seat. They, they won't afford to lose him. So um, if you want to talk about that Red Bull seat, I mean, I don't know how you don't put Sergio Perez in that seat now. I don't know how. You have to. I think you have to put him in the seat. Yeah, no, 100%. And I mean, I don't even know if it's really... Was it worth talking about anymore? I think we've kind of proved our point. And this isn't anything against Alex Albon, but I agree. I just, I don't understand how you can justify not putting Sergio Perez in that car. How are you just going to let that guy walk home and spend the next season on his couch or wherever he's going to go? Again, I don't think that Albon's going to make such a jump in 2021 that he's going to be right there with Max. He was way off again in this weekend, and we said this a million times: put him back in the Alpha Tower with Pierre Gasly. Which, 
I don't think it's going to happen because Sonoda just got announced to do the test in Abu Dhabi for Alpha Tauri, which for me all but confirms his position there. And I think even Christian Horner said for Albon, it's Red Bull or nothing. So uh, yeah, I, it's really not that we're talking about it that much anymore, just because I think it's so obvious at this point. You can keep Albon in the system and, and have him as a reserve driver for next year. Um, which I mean, isn't exactly if you're Alex Albon what you want, but um I don't think that Red Bull have a choice. I think you have to have Sergio Perez in that car. Um, Yuki Tsunoda had uh, a very impressive weekend uh, this weekend for the F2 race. Uh, won the feature race, uh, which was a, a very good performance by him. Um, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if he gets the seat at AlphaTauri. Or, um, yeah, AlphaTauri. Got the name right. Uh, still mixing up Toros a little bit here and there. But uh, no, you have to have Perez. Have to. Yep, 100%. And uh, yeah, I think that just kind of puts a wrap on it. He should have been in the seat even before he won a race, before he even got the podiums. His resume and his career is is far more illustrious than than Albon, obviously with more experience as well. But him and Max would be a big difference compared to what they have now. And we saw when Max is out of the race, that second Red Bull is nowhere, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's not anything personal against Alex Albon. We, we've said a million times he's a good driver. Uh, he, he's a good young kid, but it's just too much to handle right now. And it's not what Red Bull needs for their aspirations as a championship team. Um, you know, he's not a Leclerc and he's not a Verstappen. So it's not going to work out the same way. Criminal, absolutely criminal if, if Perez doesn't get a seat. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue then to uh, to get to Sergio Perez himself. And <laughs> man, I, I mean, what a year this guy's had with uh, missing two races because of the COVID tests, uh, all the drama of him losing his seat and not having a seat still. And for him now to be fourth in the driver's championship, could have had the podium last week again, uh, had it not been for the engine issue, had the podium in Turkey, and now finally gets his race victory after almost 10 years in Formula One, I believe over 190 race starts. Grand Prix winner, Sergio Perez. I think first Mexican driver since 1970, I believe. Yeah, so, uh, somewhere in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, what a historic day. I mean, we were talking about the disappointment of George Russell, but we were just so happy for Perez that it was like, you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, this day wasn't like, oh, George Russell didn't win and Valtteri won. I was always, you know, be happy to see Valtteri win. Uh, you want to see a first-time winner. It's always special to see a first-time winner. Especially Checo, uh, you know, 190 races, like you said, 10 years after waiting and trying. It would have been three podiums in a row if his engine didn't blow last year or last week. He never had back-to-back podiums, let alone three in a row. Um, so he's been in very impressive form. You can tell he's racing for his career, racing for his life right now. And uh, just put in a magical performance this weekend. Some luck did go his way, obviously, with the Mercedes uh, not going exactly how uh, they wanted it to go with the the issues they had but uh, to rebound from 18th after lap one and that crash that he had all the way up to uh, p3 and then obviously p1 uh, with the with the mix-up is very impressive from sergio and you you could win a lot more races if he has the car underneath him that, that racing point was quite a straight line all this week yeah, his pace was amazing, and he mm-hmm. said that he probably could have even held off the Mercedes in the end, which I don't doubt, considering how fast it was in a straight line. But rewatching the race again yesterday, I mean, he carved through the field so quickly, um, even when he came up behind his teammate, because it was really interesting that Lance Stroll struggled so much behind Ocon, 
and Perez just came through and, and breezed past. I know I think, uh, maybe I believe he's maybe on a different compound at the time, and then Stroll locked up going into turn four, um, which way he got by his teammate, but Perez was just on it. I think he felt that after that lap one incident and the safety car neutralized the race, he felt he had the pace and there was the belief. And I think his engineer even said, like, after this crash, like, hey, still a long race, anything can happen. And his, he was absolutely right. Um, you know, it was just incredible performance. But I just wanted to, or we wanted to just share with you guys some of the, the great images that we saw. Um, obviously, the emotion we saw on, on the podium was great. Uh, this was in his driver's room afterwards, just kind of checking the messages, probably from a lot of family and friends after the race. And then, Tyler, you pointed this out when I showed this to you before we got on. He's like, you're like, is that Lance Stroll's trophy also there with him? <laughs> But, but it I, turns out it's that it's a, what a, not a, a replica one that he gets. Oh man, yeah. Oh, don't get me started. That's brutal. Yeah, let's go with that. So this was in the post race drivers press conference, and you could kind of see the trophies uh, down at the feet of the drivers. And Perez was pretty confused at uh, what they were. Let's have a, let's have a listen. We'll leave it there. Thank you. Hey, one question: What what are these trophies? No. It's the replica from the circle. <laughs> Are we really getting these replicas? Congratulations. We'll leave it there. <laughs> he was so disappointed. Uh, if you're at Bahrain International Circuit, you better give all three drivers the real trophies because uh, that's a shame if he has to take that home compared to the big one. I mean, come on. I know. It's Seriously? ridiculous. I mean, especially as your first win, you're going to get this little, I think it's, hold on. It might've been in the comments. You probably have second place trophies bigger than that. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Exactly. Oh no, sorry. It was in this one. Somebody had a really good comment on Reddit and yeah, I said, you went two KPH above the speed limit in the pits. Here's your 10,000 euro fine. Oh, you won first race ever, by the way, <laughs> you must, uh, here's your mock-up 50 euro dollar trophy. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Yeah, brutal. Maybe, they better give him a big trophy. Yeah, I know I'm just kind of jumping around a little bit here, but just to kind of give you an idea of how small the trophy is, here's Esteban Ocon's selfie that he posed with his replica. I mean, that's like, we got bigger trophies in like peewee soccer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, it better be like fine silver or something. I don't know. It better be <laughs> worth a lot of money. Yeah, it better be. Well, watch this like made out of like plastic or something, aluminum. Are they in Abu Dhabi already? That looks like Gas Marina. That's right. Yeah, they're already in Abu Dhabi. Oh, well, good for them. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. Um, yeah, they went there uh, pretty quick. Uh, this is another one here, which is a, a pretty great photo. So in this photo, you see the Racing Point mechanics celebrating the victory. McLaren photographer right over here taking their photo. Uh, oh, that's nice. Here. Yeah, the Alpha Tauri guys applauding as well. And I think over here, you can kind of see the pit board from uh, Alpha Romeo, which used to be Sauber, who, of course, he drove for. So it was kind of, uh, they were saying, the the day of the underdogs, for sure. So it was a nice little photo. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. That's nice of the McLaren photographer to take a photo like that. He must have some buddies on that pit wall or something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they've all been there this season at one point. We've had 13 different drivers on the podium out of 20 this year the most uh since 2010 i believe or 2012 so yeah i mean they've all kind of experienced that success that they're not usually used to so it's just been brilliant this season yeah it's really although the title race hasn't been uh very contested uh it's nice to see some some first podiums first wins we, we had two first time winners this season two yeah i don't know when like that the last time we had two in one season that's it's gotta be a while Oh, definitely a while. I mean, definitely in this uh, turbo hybrid era. I mm. 
maybe drop it in the comments below if we're, we're missing an obvious yeah. one, but I don't, I don't think so. Well, if that's the thing. Turbo Hybrid Era, Charles and Verstappen were the only first time on well, Valtteri. True, yeah. So that's three. And we had two this year. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been insane. Um, this other one, too, that was uh, just brilliant. It was in the pen after he was doing his uh, media interviews, and he got uh, a little, I believe it was through probably FaceTime or something with uh, with his son, which is really neat. Hi, is that? Papa. Play from the game. Uh, Checo. we won that's cool <laughs> yeah very cool pretty awesome uh emotions after the race there from sergio do you know what the uh what the checo nickname is no i don't actually maybe yeah I, I feel like i should know that by now because obviously we call him by his nickname and he was calling his son that as well i don't i don't believe it's his son's name obviously um, but I, I just I never knew what the origins of that or what it means in Spanish. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, if you know, just drop it down in the comments below. I've always wondered that, but never went to the trouble of researching it. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know what it's what it's from. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, and then this final one was actually I, I was telling you I was watching the interview with Lauren Stroll on Sky Sports, and he was talking about you know ever since he's taken over ownership of the team and all that type of stuff, and it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. I'm like, wait a minute. We were there for for the launch of uh, you know the new team, Racing Point, the the brand new era with Lawrence Stroll coming in and Perez and Stroll as the drivers, and I just thought that that was kind of a, a kind of a cool sort of a little little th thing to think about because it's like wow you know we were there from the very beginning and now here here they are race winners, uh, double podium finish, Perez with his first win, and I remember that he talked about this very thing in uh, in his uh, speech when he was doing the Q and A. And I posted this on Twitter and throw the video up on YouTube if you want to check it out. But I just thought that this was, uh, you know, less than two years ago. And now here we are. And everything that uh, Perez was hoping for or, or predicting uh, eventually came true. So just have a listen to that. I will be very pleased if we can have a couple of podiums as well. Uh, and yeah, have a, have a great season. And why not our first victory together? Absolutely. Well, no. Why not? Indeed, they did it. They did it. Pretty cool that uh, that we were there for that launch. Yeah, that was a pretty good time. If you haven't seen that video, uh, definitely go check out some uh, Racing Point uh, team launch videos. Not only the car launch, the team launch. Uh, it was here in Canada, just a few hours down the road from us, and we got the opportunity to go cover it. It was a lot of fun uh, to, to cover that. Uh, what a cool experience. Yeah, man, it was so awesome. I was just re-watching the videos and looking at some of the, the photos and all the footage that we got. And yeah, it just brought back like really good memories. That was such a great two days that we were there. Uh, you know, your interview with David Croft, which is like for me, it, it was probably one of the best things we've ever done on the channel uh, just because of like how great the interview was. Uh, David Croft was so cool. Um, yeah, just that whole experience was a ton of fun. I wish we could do that again. Yeah, me too. It would have been amazing. I was hoping they'd have the car launch again here in Canada uh, this year. But before the pandemic even started, obviously it would have been in February. So it would have been able to to actually go see it but uh no they decided i don't know if they did the car launch did they do one 
this year? I think they did one in Austria. It was a sort of a different kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Austria. <laughs> That's what I was wondering about the the anthem. I'm like, are they going to play the Canadian anthem? And then, no, I was disappointed they played the, the British one. Yeah, it's still a British team, technically. And obviously, next year with Aston Martin, it will definitely be a British team. So, uh, too bad. I was hoping that the Canadian anthem would play. That's okay. We we know we, we see the the maple leaf on the front of the car. So uh, yeah, yeah. That, I was noticing that. I was like, that's pretty cool. Maple leaf is uh, crossing the line first for us Canadians, and who knows? Maybe one day we'll have the Canadian anthem play uh, uh, at the top of the grid um, if Nicholas Latifi wins or or Lance Stroll, I guess too. Yeah, Lance has been close. He, he's had he's close. Uh, I think what three opportunities now uh, this season. So it, it's coming for him. He's knocking on the door. And I think that will happen. And and as we move off of Sergio Perez, obviously, uh, drop down your thoughts below uh, on, on Perez's performance and how spectacular and one of the most popular victories in, in Formula One as well. But Lance Stroll, too, you know, was, was in it to win it. And uh, just another solid P3. I mean, of, of all the drama and of all the excitement for, for Perez, uh, we also have to tip our caps to, to Lance Stroll, his second podium of the season, third of his career, and just another good, solid performance for Racing Point. I, I thought he did a good job. Unfortunately, did, didn't have the pace to, to get past Esteban Ocon. I thought that P2 w- w- was in it for Racing Point. But still, at the end of the day, I think that uh, he's been doing a really, really solid job to, to finish out this season. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't know how bad or how much that lockup hurt him uh, that Sergio got by him on because uh, he seemed to lose a little bit of pace after that. Um, but, you know, if, if he didn't let Ocon by, or not let Ocon by, but Ocon came out, uh, when Lance came out of the pits, Ocon had, you know, warmer tires. Lance's tires were a little too cold and Ocon got by, he just couldn't get by him after that. So, you know, if he could have stayed ahead of Ocon there, uh, who knows, we could have had a racing point one too. Uh, I think Sergio would have got by Lance in the end anyways. Um, so, but uh, P2 would have been on the offer for, for Lance there. Uh, but no, another great performance by him. Uh, it's coming slowly but surely. He's putting them together. Uh, he had, a, a, of course, a, a few tough weeks, um, a, a few tough races. Um, but it's nice to see him kind of back on the front foot here and hopefully he ends the season on a strong suit in Abu Dhabi. And it was interesting to see him. I was listening to his uh, interview on the Beyond the Grid F1 podcast, and he was talking about how Esteban Ocon is actually one of his best friends on the grid, which I didn't even know. Actually, it was interesting that you know he was the driver that he replaced, obviously at at Racing Point or slash Force India at the time. So it was cool to see him, you know, share it with his teammate, who he's also uh, has a good relationship with, and then also his his good friend Esteban Ocon. So yeah, as we move on then to Esteban Ocon as well, another driver, first podium of his career, and we've been saying that a couple times this season. Of course, we showed this photo earlier of him with the trophy. So this is a good result for Ocon. He's had a a bit of a tough year, and, and tough in terms of obviously his teammate has been very strong, and Ricardo was stealing the headlines a couple of months ago with his maiden podium. And then the second one at Imola and obviously Alonso then coming in and we're kind of thinking, wow, like Ocon has really sort of fallen back a little bit here as a, as a driver that we kind of put at the forefront of potential world championship um, talks a couple of years ago. But I think that he's slowly, slowly starting to really claw back some good performance and, and build for another good season in 2021. And yeah, this podium was just kind of a, a really good confidence booster for him after uh, what was a pretty challenging year. Yeah, it has been for, for Esteban. I think that year off really uh, kind of not hurt him, but uh, to get back in the seat, it, it's it definitely had to shake some rust off and get back used to the routine. So the last half of the season has been a lot better for Esteban. I found, of course, the Renault's gotten better the last half as well, but uh, very happy to see him on the podium. Uh, you know, He's a very good driver. 
uh, always like seeing him on the grid and, and his interview is always pretty good. So, um, you know, awesome to see. And hopefully it's one of many to come for Esteban. Yeah, absolutely. And very good for Renault too. They've got three podiums this year. Obviously each driver has gotten one and Ricardo has uh, gotten another one as well. So yeah, Alonso was in the house uh, in Bahrain as well. So he, he was probably <laughs> chomping at the bit, uh, seeing Renault on the podium there, but yeah, good for, good for Ocon. And, and we just wanted to play a little bit of uh, some of his team radio, which you probably heard a little bit of, but just kind of uh, a little bit of extension on that. He was pretty emotional as he crossed the line with uh, his engineer as well. Man, I don't know what to say, man. I'm so happy for you. That is just fantastic. So happy. That is superb, man. I don't know about you, mate, but I'm actually almost in tears here. <laughs> so pleased for you, mate. Yeah, same here, same here. All the hard work. What did I say yesterday, mate? Best job in the world. Exactly, you were saying it. I have the best view out here. Fireworks. Great car. Yeah, happy to be where I am, I tell you. Profit de rester bien, c'est des beaux moments. We're all in train de vivre. No idea what he said there. <laughs> Drinks reminder, Esteban. Drinks reminder when you come in. And P2 to P1 carefully. And uh, then a pause before P0. Oh man, I'm so so happy. I keep saying for but uh, that was just absolutely brilliant, mate. And uh, we're so very happy for you and for us. Uh, Perez won the race, as you know. You were P2. Stroll was P3. Sainz P4. Daniel was P5. Albon 6. Biat 7. Bottas 8. Russell with 9. And Norris 10th. Signing off. That was just brilliant. I know Sergio didn't really leave him a lot of room to park in P2, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... The parking was a little tight there, I noticed. Uh, even the F2 guys had a tough time parking uh, yeah. in that little park family area. But no, awesome. And for a French driver to get a podium with, obviously, Renault French team, uh, which must be huge for kind of the, the whole French program, French driving program, racing program. Pretty cool to see. So awesome stuff from Esteban. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Didn't, didn't think about that until now. Um, so very good for them as a, as a brand, obviously, as a car manufacturer and the racing team as well. So, yeah, very good for Esteban Ocon. Very happy for him. And, uh, yeah, uh, what else uh, from the race that we can maybe unpack? Uh, that was sort of the, the major talking points and what we wanted to do. But is there anything else uh, that, that you wanted to add? I just want to give a shout out, Jack Aiken and uh, Pietro Fittipaldi. Uh, Pietro Fittipaldi only ended up two seconds behind Kevin Magnussen after 87 laps. Uh, I thought that's pretty impressive for the young kid who was in his first ever weekend uh, and just hopping right in. Hasn't driven a 2020 car uh, season until now. Uh, I thought he had a, a pretty solid race to end up two seconds behind Kevin. Um, Jack Aiken, other than that spin, the mistake that we're actually, we should be thanking Jack Aiken for that spin and mistake because uh, he gave us kind of a whole drama scenario. Uh, but he, I thought he had a solid weekend as well. His qualifying was really impressive. He was right there with Latifi. Um, and then uh, you know, during the race, obviously Latifi retired, had a uh, an engine breakdown, a mechanical failure. Is that or an oil leak? I forget which one it was. Yeah, um, I can't remember exactly. At, uh, I thought he had a, a solid weekend as well. Pretty cool for them to have their first weekend. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I just want to give a, a little shout out to them. Yeah, I think he did really good, Fittipaldi. And his team were really, mm-hmm. really happy with him. Um, you know, obviously he's going to be back in a car in Abu Dhabi. Roman Grosjean has gone home. Uh, unfortunately, he can't race in Abu Dhabi. Uh, hopefully Mercedes might be giving him a run in an F1 car in some time in the future once he's healed up just to kind of give him some closure for his F1 career. But yeah, we'll we'll have Fittipaldi back in the car. Um, like we said, we're not sure about Hamilton's status. As of yet, we are recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Um, they said that his progress has been a little bit better. He is feeling better as of today and that he's going to try and race in Abu Dhabi. But that all depends on a handful of uh, different things as well. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, as we mentioned off the top of the show, we are heading into the final race of the season. And the big storyline, of course, will be that battle for third in the constructor standings. Um, second, actually, in the driver standings is still up for grabs. I believe it's a 16-point gap yeah, between uh, Bottas and uh, Max Verstappen. Oh, well. Yeah, of course, Valtteri probably could have clinched it uh, had he finished a little bit higher with Verstappen, uh, of course, exiting the race. But it's still uh, still to play for in that. But, but, of course, as we said, the big story is between that constructor's battle between Renault Racing Point and McLaren, obviously. But... Here we are, the the end of a of a wild season, seventeenth race upon us, and then uh, yeah, we'll be getting restarted soon enough again in twenty twenty one. Yeah, right. well, I'm sure usually cars come out what end of January, first week of February usually, and uh, then when's testing usually mid February. Yeah, I think it's uh, probably going to be near the end of February, twentieth probably something like that. So we'll be right around the corner for the twenty twenty one season. Uh, there's tests in Abu Dhabi after the weekend as well. Um, Renault's taking part of it, which is disputed by Racing Point because Fernando Alonso is driving a 2020 car when he shouldn't be, uh, which is, uh, again, a little interesting. Uh, Renault gave Racing Point a hard time about the brakes. I don't blame Racing Point for giving Renault a hard time about this testing. Um, then uh, you mentioned Dolphin Torre is going to be doing some testing as well. I'm not sure who else is in the testing. Um, so well, there'll be a little bit of F1 news to keep up uh, with the offseason and of course, we'll have all the reactions to any driver changes or uh, any news that will be happening in, after the race because uh, not all the seats are up for grabs yet. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a shorter offseason than most, but probably in January yeah. we'll still try and, and do some videos. And yeah, I don't know, maybe we'll do a couple of uh, you know F1 2020 races like we did at the beginning of lockdown. I mean, I uh, personally, I enjoyed doing those. Uh, you know, The editing was a lot, but the, the commentary on it was really, really fun. Um, so yeah, we could maybe do a couple of races at the, the new tracks, um, in F1 2020. Yeah. Some new tracks next to it. It's right. Vietnam. And, uh, of course, uh, circuit Van Dorn, Van Dorn, stop Stoffel. <laughs> Stoffel doesn't have a, <laughs> have a track. <laughs> Close to them. <laughs> circuit um, Zanvor. Yeah. That one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, uh, all right i think we should wrap it up there before we yeah, do any more slips it. yeah <laughs> uh, all right so that will do it for for episode 99 uh the secure grand prix recap thanks everyone for tuning in for another episode uh leave your comments down below in this video uh if you do like this video just give it a thumbs up and hit that subscribe um and obviously we got all the other videos that you can check out in the homepage of our channel as we come to an end of this season and of course our audio podcast is available on spotify itunes and pretty much anywhere else that you get your podcast uh yeah any questions you want to submit to us that uh, you want us to answer during our 100th uh special show in the next couple of weeks drop it in the comments you can email us uh, at the backmarkers f1 show at gmail.com or tweet us at tbmf1show and then we can kind of uh, just have a fun time answering fan questions there 
And just before we go, F1 Fantasy, this is the last week, obviously, for F1 Fantasy. So the battle is pretty close for first position. Uh, once all that get, once all of that gets wrapped up, we'll kind of uh, finally reveal the prizes and uh, get that sent out to you, hopefully before the holidays, depending on obviously the, the shipping times and everything. Um, but yeah, we'll get that announced. So is that it for today, Tyler? Anything else you want to add? I think that's it for me. It should be fun last weekend in Abu Dhabi. More fireworks, hopefully. And some donuts. And some donuts, yeah. Everyone should be doing a donut. Yeah, absolutely. Very much looking forward to it. Hopefully a good send-off to the 2020 season. As always, guys, appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining us. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next week.